You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means one thing. It means I have my co-founder and good friend with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, folks. Great to be here, as always. Looking at Chrissy B in the face on this Zoom, you know how we do it. You know, went from Skype to the Zoom, and it was like the best thing ever for the podcast, bro. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. And, uh, uh, you know. It is weird to look so intimately into your face on Zoom uh, it, because I know like we, we're conscious that we're recording this and that uh, the expectation of the viewer is that they'll see us eye to eye. Whereas if it was just me and you talking and we weren't recording, I would be kind of fumbling around. You'd be saying something really important. I'd be looking at my phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and you'd see more, right? You'd see the background. You'd look to the left and look to the right. It's like now you're just looking directly in yeah. someone's face. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm it's, all, it's a different experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm all up in your grill right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's an important lesson on the consideration to one's appearance and uh, how you're going to be perceived by those around you, which yeah, is very apropos sure. to what we're going to talk about today. Because the questions we have received lately are very interesting and compelling. I want to share it with this audience. We were on a panel this weekend for the yep. Fayetteville Film Festival. Uh, this uh, is a, a black and indigenous people of color uh, panel. And we got some great questions there before we had to drop off. We want to bring that to this audience. But here's what I'm trying to say is if we weren't recording, I wouldn't care how my hair looked. I wouldn't care, you know, how I was dressed. I wouldn't have turned this sign on <laughs> all these things that we do to make sure that the experience is as good as we can make it for what uh, we're doing. And, and over Zoom, of course. Right. Yep. I hate the fake background thing, so I'll never do that. Uh, some people love it. I hate it. I'll never do right. the fake green screen background thing. I think it's weird and it's wonky and I'm not into it. Um, but we're doing that for a reason. Right. Like like that has a purpose. And then the goal is, is to provide some sort of content in the conversation that is even more valuable than the aesthetic of the Zoom call that people would be watching. Right. Yep. And so in the same way, um, we do that when we have a film project and it should start as early as possible, right? Like, so the question we get asked is, Hey, I've got this new film project I'm working on. I want to start thinking about branding and marketing. What is the first thing I should think about? Uh, what are some of the first things I should think about? Should I even start now? And the answer is, yeah, you should start as soon as you can. Yeah, for sure. And I think to me, the big question is right away is, who is your audience? Do you, have you identified that yet? Uh, 
Because once you can identify that audience and make it super niche, as niche as possible, you just want to strip away and strip away and strip away until you're at the core, the center of who it is you're making this thing for. And once you have that, then you can decide, are they going to watch your thing because of what it's about? If so, that's really tied to audience nicely, right? Or are they going to watch it because of who you are? That's less tied to the audience of the film and more tied to your audience. So did you decide that your audience would watch whatever you tell them to watch, right? Or is it both, right? I, I think that you could look at like early Spike Lee, for example. Not a lot of people knew who he was nationally, but his core group of artists and filmmakers knew exactly who he was. And they were going to turn around and watch a Spike Lee movie. But then the content of what he made was compelling and controversial enough. There had enough conflict in it to go watch it as well. And he understood that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, I was going to say that's interesting because like, you know, you made the mention of, you know, your audience, you know, um, that's baked in from things you've done before, you know, it, could, it starts right with family and friends. And then it's those folks that you've been making films for, you know, whether you're making short films or people you work with, you know, your circle of people. And then you said, you know, the content, you know, the content can reach or the idea, right. The themes might be able to reach a lot of people, but I think there's, you know, another aspect, which is, you know, your team, you know? So when I say team, it's like, it, it could be your, producing team right so you get to leverage the benefit of their network as well yeah uh, but it also comes down to you know the package you know if you've got one so like let's say you're writer director and you already know you know i'm going to feature this person as my lead right and that lead has an audience like that's what you're going after you're doubling down yeah. on that person's yeah. audience as if, well if, right if but you that's have if you've got it early yeah exactly if you've got it you know but if you don't it's a different story but if you've got that then I was just going to mention that that's another thing. But again, it gets back to what you're saying about your specific audience. It might be that yeah. person's audience and that person's audience might be, I don't know, a million people who knows, but right. that and, audience and, as well. And make no mistake we're not saying have a star, right? Like right. We, we know this is independent film. We're not saying go get a casting director and make sure, you know, um, Emily Blunt is in your movie. Now, if you get her, <laughs> right. great, but unlikely, right? We're saying, what is, who can be in your film that has an interesting following yep. in which they convert on that following on a regular basis? Exactly. It's about influence at that point, right? Right. Right. Yep. So that's why you're seeing these, um, a, a myriad, a variety of um, TikTok stars being cast in everything from feature films to soaps right yep. now. Because how do we convert? What is our conversion rate on our own audience? And I think it's easier. Now, I know the lead thing is great. Like, like if you can get somebody that's like that, it's wonderful. But if you're at the sort of ideation stage of this and you have to yep. figure out what the strengths of your project are, it's really easy to find out what your own conversion rate is. Right. So if you have to decide, well, I want to brand around me because I think I'm an auteur. OK, well, what other things have you presented to your audience where they turned around and paid you for it or did the call to action you asked them to do. Um, maybe you've never done that. And if you've never done that, then the only thing you can look at is I posted this and this is how many people liked it versus my total follower. Yeah. Or, and it's, and which, which is to me, which is to me is a weak, 
it's a weak indicator from an investment standpoint. And we'll talk about what gets yeah. investors excited here in a little bit. But I would rather see as an investor in a film, not not necessarily likes to follower ratio, but did you ever ask your audience to do anything? Right. Anything. Donate to a cause. Send an email. Buy something. That that wasn't already branded even. That's probably better, right? Like yeah. that's an interest that's interesting. Those would be interesting data points, I think. Yeah. And I think but if you you know bring it all back to what you were saying, it's like so if you ask that question again, what's the first thing? Mm-hmm. Right? What is the first thing or the first few things that I should be thinking about? I think it's like you mentioned, it's like, well, what is your brand? Right. So the first, like you went back and like the audience of the film. Okay, so here's the audience. Okay, then I would ask, I guess it would be a second thing, right? It's like, okay, so if that's your audience, then what does your audience know about you? Yeah. I think that, yeah, because, you know, you think about the content, the themes, the the spirit of what you're trying to make, there's probably another million people out there making the same type of thing. You're not the only one, right? You might have a unique perspective or voice in that, but there's so many other people doing it, right? So what is it that they know about you and why would they come to you to get it, right? And if you can't answer that question, then that's the problem. That's where you start your branding, right? That's where you're just like, okay, well, I need to create something that uh, creates an audience. And it could be a small thing. You know, like you said, feature film, you know, it's like the first thing that came to my mind was an assumption, right? And the assumption yeah. was this is an independent filmmaker who might have written some things, might have featured in some things, might have gone to a couple of film festivals, but hasn't even made a short yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case, right? But it's right. like, that's the first thing that came to my head is like, here's this filmmaker who's like, the first thing I'm going to do is a feature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a big, big leap. <laughs> right. It's like, no, maybe the first thing you should be doing again in that building a brand is making something for the target audience of your feature but in short form. That's why I always feel like guerrilla filmmaking is a, is a young man and woman's game because of the energy it takes to actually pull it off. Yeah. Well. Like you, you've been in the game for a long time. You want your ducks in a row because <laughs> well, you, you, you can't live work to get there. You, you can't, right. You can't live out of the seat of your pants, but I hate the front runner on content, but you have, when you said that I immediately thought of the, the uh, analogy you make to the girl scouts in the unmarked box of cookies, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the an independent filmmaker is like, because you said there's probably a hundred things like that out there, right? Yeah. A moment ago. Well, there are other cookie makers that make right. <laughs> thin mint type cookies. There are other cookie makers with names, by the way, that make a delicious peanut butter and chocolate cookie. My favorite Girl Scout cookie, the tag along. Um, those things are out there to have, but for some reason we like buying it from the Girl Scouts. Right. We like getting those cookies from them. So I don't know if if you if you'll indulge again. I don't want to front run our own content, but <laughs> but I do want to, and uh, I'd love for you to explain to the audience the the whole Girl Scout analogy. I think it's brilliant. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, that's the the content to come soon. But basically, the you know the idea is that um, you know a lot of filmmakers really do believe that that connection right to their audience mm-hmm. that brand expression is baked within their content right so it's like if they see it if they see it they're gonna love it 
right? Like if they see it, it's going to be the best thing they've ever seen. If they see it, like all they have to do is see it, right? Like I don't need it. What, what is this branding, marketing, all this stuff? No, 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 no. Just watch this and yeah. you'll understand. Yeah. And it's that idea again of, you know, so the, the, the Girl Scout thing, it's like, okay, so I got, I got two options, right? I'm coming out of the store and there's a table to my left and there's a guy sitting there and he's got a bunch of cookies in unmarked boxes. Okay. To my right is the Girl Scouts. Okay. <laughs> and I'm in a cookie kind of mood, right? Like I want some cookies, you know, so you got some milk and cookies. <laughs> Wait, like, <laughs> like I'm in a cookie, cookie kind of mood. Right. Yeah. So I walk out and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm going to, I'm going to buy me some cookies a day. Right. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. And I look to my left again, guy with the unmarked box, look to my right, Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts all day. Right. Because I know what I'm buying into. This guy on the left, honestly, his cookies might be the best cookies I've ever tasted in my life. Unfortunately, I'm not going to taste them. I don't know anything about this guy. I'm not going to open this mystery box of cookies, you know, that I had to spend my $10 on, you know, and miss out on the other thing that I spent. So, so that's the thing. It's like independent filmmakers feel like we're going to open up their unmarked box of cookies and have a flavor explosion and the audiences are just not going to do that they're going to go for the girl scouts every time the the most it's it's beautifully said the one of the more interesting and nuanced pieces in that is is when we come outside that door and we see the unmarked cookie box guy to our right <laughs> and the girl scout to our left we don't know the girl scout right they're both strangers to us yep Completely. So it's not an issue because I, I can already hear, I can feel the, 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 the feedback and pushback on this idea is that, oh, <laughs> you're basically talking about the star system that you said you don't believe in. No, I'm not. Nah. I'm saying the creator is an unknown quantity to both to, on both sides of that door. But what that creator with the Girl Scout cookies is talking about is a known quantity. And we use these recent examples like um what's the uh, short film that just won um to um too distant two distant strangers yeah two yeah. distant strangers you don't know the filmmaker i mean we knew the filmmaker we right. we know who van lathan is we know these people but like most people don't know the filmmakers but they know the subject matter so they're willing to sort of dive in and then when they get there they find out like to your point these are the most delicious cookies I've ever tasted. And so you get an award-winning short film out of it. Um, that's, that's the thing. Um, we've interviewed a lot of filmmakers on this podcast where that was what they did really well. And that's how they got the accolades they got. You think about Valerie Barnhart. Yep. Yeah. Right. So she kind of doubled down on it. She was unknown. And basically, to, to, and I'm not talking out of school here. This is her own word. She was languishing in her art. Like, it wasn't going anywhere. No one cared about her medium. She took that medium and integrated it with a known problem in America and a growing problem in America, which is sort of child trafficking and, and abduction and murder, which is salacious in its own right. People are interested in it in its own right. But then now it's a growing phenomenon as well. And then doubled down with a known quantity who had given us that had told the story about it right. on stage. So 
it then became very approachable. We get there to the subject because we're ready to go to that subject. And then we're just sort of hit with Valerie's brilliance. Right. That had been sort of sitting, waiting in the wings, like your unmarked cookie guy yep. forever. <laughs> it's just been sitting right. there waiting <laughs> to be discovered. And the thing about us as creatives is sometimes we'll sit there for life waiting to be discovered. And there is this phenomenon that I find absolutely fascinating where, and I think somewhere we all know this, but we don't think about it because it's, the data is too large. Every single person you know has downloaded a version of you that is different than the real you. You are someone to someone, someone else that you don't know and you can't understand. Even a person you pass on the street that you see eye to eye has temporarily and maybe permanently downloaded a version of you, an expectation of you, an idea about you. And this is what thin slicing and is all about. And this idea of the subconscious protecting you from dangers and energy. They, there's a version of you that lives in that person forever. And so millions of people quite possibly have downloaded some version of you you take that you, and you don't realize it. So you take yourself, that, that self you think you know that's inside of you, into the real world. And you expect everybody to be like, oh, that's, that's John. And when, <laughs> that's John right there. He's a great artist. And, I, you know, everything he makes is great. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to invest in that. That's a perfect brand. Let's follow everything John's doing. No one knows you like that. No yeah, one knows you like that. No one very small audience, yeah. a very mm -hmm. small group of people knows you like that. And yeah. like you said, and, and what's that about? That's about, you know, if they don't know you like that, then they'll have no expectations of your work. Right. They'll have no reason to open that box. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's take that story again. Right. Back to the store. You know, you got the guy on the left and you got the Girl Scouts on the right. And it's like, well. If guy's mama walks out that store, right, she she don't care about the Girl Scouts. Not mm -hmm. that day she doesn't. Mm -hmm. She might have bought some Thin Mints or some Tagalongs yesterday, but my boy is out there. I'm buying his stuff. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think that's it. That's it for those folks. But again, if you want to get beyond that, it's not your mama. <laughs> but sometimes, by the way, I have a friend who is an artist and his uh, significant other doesn't like his work. Right. <laughs> like that's that's, yeah, that's, so, yeah. So what do you do with that? And so what you find out is the issue is, is he hasn't been able to execute his vision that he knows so well inside of himself. And Lauren Hills talked about this in the past where what you do as a producer is keep working until the thing sounds like the way it sounded in your own head. They're very difficult. Because the way it sounds in your head is a giant orchestra of, <laughs> right. of, of deliciousness, uh, if we're talking music like Lauren Hill was. But to actually do that, do you have the skill? Do you have the ability to do that run on the piano from, from the top of the keyboard down? Can you go ahead and pick up a trumpet and play it that way? Can you execute it? Do you have the friends, the community that can come in and make that music as rich as it was in your head? No one knows what it sounds like in your head but you. So therefore, you're, the, you're, you're, you're a great artist. Your execution is poor. You actually have to execute for your own mama, is my point. <laughs> right. You have to actually <laughs> execute on your art for your significant other. Right. 
They are just trying not to hurt your feelings while still being in a relationship with you. Right. I hear you. Because a funny thing happens. When I was a terrible songwriter and I just started, the only person that would tell me I was terrible was my dad. And because of that, he was the only person I trusted. If my dad said it was bad, it was bad. I don't care what anybody else said. (laughs) But if my dad said it was good, I knew I was getting somewhere. Matter of fact, he didn't even tell me it was good. You know what happened one day? This is about seven, eight years into my sort of piano playing songwriting journey. He took a song I'd recorded and he gave it to somebody else. Mm. He didn't tell me about it. He just gave it to somebody else. Listen to this. Holy grail of marketing. That's right. Word, Word of mouth. mouth. Yep. And that's, that's how you know you hit your brand right. So anyway, a digression, but I hope a valuable one, because I think <laughs> people don't understand that even when people say, oh, multi-level marketers, oh, sell to your family first. So they're asking you to give, that's charity. They don't really want the cream you're selling, the lotions, right. the makeup, <laughs> the coffee. They don't want it. But they're going to support you because they don't want you to end up on their couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's painting a, a sad picture, man. It's, <laughs> it's a sad how do we keep Nick off our couch? That's right. And we better buy picture. some of this Negro's coffee. That's right. We better buy his hand cream. And, and, his, and give, his cookies. Give me, give, me, give me a carton of cookies and hand cream. So, yeah, yeah I digress, yeah. though. To your, to your point, yes, you got to get beyond your mama. Even though you yeah. still have to win your mama, now you got to go. Now, okay, so even though I push back on your point, your mama might actually have, even though she has to be impressed, she might have a lower benchmark. Yeah, but I think I think like it's a stranger just, to spend money. Yeah, you got to really you hit get, it right. Yeah, you want to get beyond that, right? That's that's the goal. Period. So if you bring it back, you know, it's identifying that audience, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the the first thing, and then it's showing, right, proving to that audience that you are there for them. Yeah, right. It's it's key, and again, as a filmmaker, you can do that with short form content. Right. It's it yeah, could be a short absolutely. film, but these days there's a lot of things that you can do with short form content that even doesn't have to get to the point of short film. Right. It could just be that, you know, even the making of, mm-hmm. you know, makes a difference when it oh, comes to your audience. Yes. I like that. Right. Yes. Like go through the process and share that process with people. Right. So the content you produce is the content that you're creating while creating something else, mm-hmm. but they know it's for them. Right. They're basically riding with you. And then you you provide that content, and then next thing you know, they're like, "Oh, okay, this is what I come to expect." Right? Yeah. This is what this person is giving. Again, it's not filmmaker, not this. No, this is what this person, this human, is giving to me. Because mm-hmm. you know, I think again, when you get back to the filmmakers, and they're like, "Yeah, well, this is the best thing that I, you know, or I've done, or this is, yeah, you know, I've been working on this for this long, or I think I, no, like we don't watch content because of you." Yeah. Right. We, we watch it because of us. Because of us. So we need yeah. to be able to see uh, early on how you are giving to us. And I think that's to me, like if you're talking about first principles, right, the first things to do, focus on what that audience is slash community and who you are to them mm-hmm. before you make a feature. Yep. 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 And 
there's I like this idea of like there are many, many testing grounds. Yep. Many, many testing grounds. And we don't always mention it, but we should. Um, it's it's an interesting idea. So because the assumption is, okay, I'm an indie filmmaker. The first thing I'm going to do is get on social and post pictures. I'm going to jump from pictures to a short film. I'm going to jump from a short film to a feature. And that's going to be my, my trajectory. When actually there are some valuable steps in between. Okay, I get on a social platform. Um, I design and curate my pictures the way I'm going to look based on my belief system, who I am and what I'm all about. Right. So I'm going to take that Artura route. I'm going to present something different or something understood, but in a different and totally new way. Uh, I'm going to have a POV about it. Okay. And then after a certain amount of time, when that audience starts to show up, I know who the real ones are and who the fake ones are. I get it. Once I meet that threshold, then I'm going to ask my audience to do something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So go contribute to change.org and help so-and-so not not get the death penalty. Okay. Did the audience convert on that? And right. by how much? It's a little test. We've done it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Little, little tests, little videos to see who, who's really paying attention. Who cares? Like how much money will, will they be willing to spend? We recently did like a, like a bourbon thing that, um, Aaron Munoz put us on to like a bourbon secret Santa. And we had about 10 people participate. So it wasn't a lot of people participate. What we found out is like, in matter of fact, a lot of those people participated and then participated very late. And what we found out was that people don't want to spend $50 on somebody they don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this whole philosophic concept of, you know, would you give a bag of food to a homeless guy if you were robbed of the feeling of giving a bag of food to a homeless guy? <laughs> like if you didn't have any sort of serotonin right, release right. at all that said you're a good person and you did something great for humanity or whatever, because you want it to be about you. Right. So if you're going to buy somebody a, a, a gift and you don't even know who it is, so they can't even thank you for it because it's a secret. I'm out. <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of find out, okay, that's the threshold. Like can't right, be above yeah. that. Right. So you can find those things out by having them contribute to a cause. Maybe you find out if, if, if they want to join a newsletter or some um, campaign that you have set up. Um, then you can get to, then maybe a product, something, maybe a Girl Scout cookie. Um, and then you can get to a short film and then see how that converts and, and, and then maybe jump to the feature after that. Because once you've done that and you understand yourself so much better and your audience so much better, it's going to be so much more appealing to an investor because the other question we get all the time is, okay, I think I'm doing everything right. I'm still having a really hard time raising funds from angel investors. What can I do? What, what makes investors excited? And the truth is raising funds is hard, Nick. I mean, that, let's just start with that. It's not going to be a walk in the park. You are going to get a lot of no's, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is something, I don't know, you could call it controversial. I'm just, I'm going to say just some, something for us to, to think about and, and go, know, go, 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 on, go, go, right? Get crazy. Uh, what if, right, right. Well, let, let's, so that's thesis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Independent filmmaking is not a good investment. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Let's just start there. Let's, let's say that's the thesis, right? It's no one wants to hear it, right? But, let, but let's say wh- why we're why we're going to put that that way. Um, so imagine if you're an independent filmmaker, and what I just said is the truth, right? So we're just again, this is kind of hypothetical. Imagine what I just said is the truth. It is not a good investment. So now the people that you're approaching are not investors. Okay, they're financiers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, a financier doesn't necessarily well, is not desiring a direct financial return because otherwise that would be an investor, mm-hmm. right? So if, if it's not a good investment and you're not approaching investors, you're approaching financiers, what do they get in return? That to me is the question that independent filmmakers should be asking. Yep. And the assumption that they should be making when dealing with folks who have money, right? And the reason I say that is because you know, uh, without belaboring the point about these comps, right? Which, yeah. you know, we've done it's your, several it's your, times. It's your, it's your pet peeve. It is. It is because they're just it's ridiculous. Your, it's, your, it's your white whale. Right. It's because it's ridiculous, right? But it's like, stop <laughs> making up fake stuff, right? Like you send, you know, a prospectus or executive summary, all this stuff. And it's like, well, we're going to make you 125% back on that. How are you going to, how, how are you going to do that? You can't just say that by making a film, and getting it distributed that you're going to make my money back. Yep. You, you don't, you have no clue how you're going to do that. Right. So pretend that you're not going to make my money back and mm-hmm. tell me why giving you money mm-hmm. is going to be a benefit to me. Yep. So, so I would, I would love for indie filmmakers to roll that way. It's, it's, it's perfectly put because, and it could be controversial, but I think somewhere, you know, they, everybody knows it, that it's like, an, it's a, I always call it a 99% risk to 1% upside play uh, as an investor, unless certain packaging um, artifacts are in play, right? So if we're talking first time filmmaker, never has executed before, maybe second time filmmaker, first execution was average, then it's highly, highly speculative you know, as an investor. However, if I'm a financier, now you can pull on some different strings. Hey, Nick, you should invest your money because what we're talking about right now in this story will crystallize a point of view that's going to change and help change society forever. And I know that you have this point of view too. And if you want to see this go as far as it can go, this will be a cult following. It'll be a long burn, but this will help get your message out. Ooh, now that's a little bit more compelling because that's a why yeah. you. So we we talk about the the four whys. You know why you, why now, why this film, and then why me. I said a why you, but I meant you as an investor. Right, right. And so it's a why me. The why me is is for the investor, or in your case, what you're talking about the the financier. It's this idea of why did you pick me? Yep. Why did you think I would be good? Because if, because if I give you my money, uh, I'm going to you know, be in your inbox every day and you may hate that. Right. Or I may want to make some creative decisions. That if you don't give up creative, then I walk. Right. Or um, I am not my money. Or I right? am not like, my money. Exactly. Hey, don't yeah. come after my money. Go to someone else. If that's what you want, there's other yeah. people with money. Why did you come talk to me yeah. personally? Why me? Yeah. yeah. We always go back to the quote from Farshid Ferdosi. He said, Chris, trust me. 
if I write a check to uh, your filmmakers that you have a relationship with, they're going to take my money. Right. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing that you're presenting to them. And this is early on in bonsai, but there's nothing that you could present to them the way you have it set up now that gives you leverage. And so then we started understanding about leverage uh, to go with the money. So basically here I am and here's my money, but you're going to get me in your project and that's going to be an upside to your movie. So you're not going to want to take random cash. Right. Cause they yeah. bring you no upside outside of just the financial. But I think that the, the, the early indie filmmakers, their whole thing is just give me the money to do my thing and get out of the way. Yep. Exactly. And some of them have an even more sort of sinister outlook, which is, I can do better with your money than you can do with your money. You should give it to me. Yeah. And no. you don't need this money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like you're a scabby high net worth individual, whatever, like we're going to make art with your money and that's how it's going right. to go. Kind of thing. Kind of feels like the, who's the dude that ran we work. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That guy had that kind of attitude in a way about his investor where he was like, I think someone asked him great documentary on Hulu, by the way, someone asked him, well, how are we going to pay for all this? And then he crassly gave the name of his investor at SoftBank. Mm. He's going to pay for it. Oh, am I? <laughs> right. Am I? <laughs> right. So yeah. and investors, if you're listening, you can get yourself into trouble that way too. You kind of have to really know the execution side and personalities and passions of your producers in, in that case. But if you're on the other side where you're the filmmaker, you're the producers, just understand that Film, independent film is not on paper a very good investment as compared to what's possible in the macro of, of investing, right? So I can give my money to you, which would be highly speculative, or I could put, I don't know, all that money into a couple of hungry founders that have a, a teeth whitening solution. I could put that money into to Ethereum and watch it double in three to six months. Um, I could put that money into just the stock market and get a 10% gain and it'd be a running 10% so that like, I'm always enjoying it. I could put it into so many different places. Uh, you even compete against your own cause. You're like, well, I'm, the film is about this. Well, I'll just give to that. Right. right. So yeah. you have to have a convincing case to say, here's why you can give to your calls indirectly by giving to this film, because this film's going to reach this many people. And here's what I've prepared. Here's my branding. Here's my marketing plan. Here's my audience. Here's my packaging. Yep. Uh, that gets an investor excited because if we're investing in a film in the back of our mind, we're hoping for a unicorn, but realistically we know pragmatically we know that's unlikely. So we, we pick other ways we rationalize other ways to win. Okay, I win because this supports my cause. If I get any money back, that's great. Um, I've learned this experience. I now understand this world. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can win if you're an investor. Uh, if the if the packaging, the branding, the marketing, all that plan and the messaging is there. Yeah, and again, it's it's a in addition to the package of the film, which would be, you know, cast attachments and things like that, it is the full package of benefit, mm -hmm. right? If, if as an independent filmmaker, especially for a feature, let's just talk about features, 
the only benefit that you're really pushing is, well, there's usually two. One, how great your film is, right? And then the second one, which is the financial return. If those are the two things that you're pitching as an independent filmmaker, it's just, it's not a winning situation, right? Um, we say that at the same time, we understand that independent films are financed all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's impossible, you know, so we're not saying oh, that yeah. Yeah. going in with a crap pitch is not going to get you your money. It, it happens all the time. Right. Because, you know, you've got family or people who like you or love you that want to see you be successful, like you said, and then you get the money to make your film. And, you know, that's it works. It, it, it happens all the time. Uh, but one and, of the and, things and you that, don't need a bunch of them. We, we talked right. to Nathaniel Nuon and he made the movie uh, The Voices. Uh, with a friend of the podcast, Valerie Jane Parker, and with Chris de Blasio in it as, as well. And fascinating story about it. You know, one of his investors backed out at the last minute. He was left with one investor. They dropped the budget by two thirds. And that's how they, and then they recast the whole movie, which is how our friend Valerie and Chris got into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And Just that's, needed one uh, investor that's, to make the movie. So. Exactly. And, and they did. But the, the thing is that, what we want to do again, because we're always thinking about things in, in more of the macro sense is that we understand that these poor investments that these folks are making sullies them to ever doing it again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So we're always like, hey, we want the best of the best to come out of you folks out of the independent filmmakers, because then you'll make repeat investors or repeat financiers out of these people. Right. Like that's the goal. Keep the money flowing for independent filmmaking. Don't kill it because you promised something that you couldn't promise. If you promise that it's going to speak to an audience that that person cares about, that'll that's a win. Right. Yeah. If you promise that, you know, that film is going to be submitted to, let's say, film festivals that are of note. Right. Or that means something to that investor slash financier and that gets in. Right then that's a win, right? If you're offering other things that go along with the project, it could even be access to the cast, right? You have someone that's a, a friend of the film and they're in it. And, you know, that person has some influence and the investors as financiers want to meet them, you know, that, that in itself uh, could be some benefit, but, you know, it's those types of benefits that will really get your, your financiers uh, winning at the end of the day and willing to come back again. And right. so for me, it's just, I think it'd be to the interest, the best interest of the independent filmmaking community to think about that investment and financing in that way. It is not a good financial investment. So what else are you bringing to the investors as financier that's going to make them a winner? I love it. And it touches on the first principle we have, which is no mercenaries. If you can have the same cast crew, uh, maybe not cast all the time, but maybe at least one or two cast members, same producers, same cinematographer, same investors on every film. Then you, have, you end up with a family that's making creative, wonderful things that are going to get better and better and better over time. That's right. But this part of the conversation, as we wrap, could be encapsulated in the old saying, uh, making art isn't a business, but selling is. So that's right. just remember that. And with that, I think it's a good place for us to call it a conversation, my friend. I yeah, enjoyed man. it. That was good. Yeah. As always, dude, as always, it's fun. We love doing this stuff, man. This is, we do. This is so cool. 
Yeah, I enjoy it deeply. Now, no one congratulates themselves after a fun conversation more than we do. You're right. Like I mean, we, <laughs> good job. Pat on that the back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but just understand the spirit around that, if you're listening, is uh, one of we're just happy to be doing it. Not that yeah. we're doing such a great job. You know, just everybody just relax. It's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not the way it sounds. Anyhow, yeah. if you do want to get in touch with us and tell us that we're doing a good job or a really bad job, you can do that, as it turns right. out. You can email us at contact at bonsai.film. That's B-O-N-S-A-I dot F-I-L-M. We will answer every email. We'll get right back to you. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. We are at underscore Bonsai Creative. Again, that's at underscore Bonsai Creative. If you want to reach out to us on Facebook, you can do that by searching for Bonsai Creative and we will come right up. We have to do a little bit of begging and pandering here. We need you to go to the Apple App Store and rate and review our podcast. Five stars, please. Um, what is it? I think it's two seconds to click five stars, Nick. It might be 25 second investment to actually write a sentence or two about the podcast, what you like about it uh, or what you don't like about it. But we'd prefer what you like about it. And <laughs> right, five yeah. stars, please. <laughs> and so this helps others find the podcast uh, that could use it certainly helps us out a lot. I know it sounds antiquated to ask for it and, and overwrought, but it still is really important in the uh, current world of podcast. Apple's going to change their podcasting system here coming up very shortly. People are going to actually pay to uh, enjoy these podcasts. I think something like $99 a year, Nick. So that will be interesting to, to see how that plays out. That'll be coming around the corner. But for now, rating and review super important. So please, if you love the Make It podcast, if you want to do uh, me and Nick a, a solid, please rate five stars yep. and leave a review if you can. And so with that, Nick, please give us the credo. Yeah, man. As always, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Come visit us at www.bonsai.film as well. We have all new stuff up around our blog posts and industry insights. And you can find every podcast episode and back episode there as well. Nick, talk to you soon. Yeah, man. We'll do it again. All right. Peace. All right, brother. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, Go to www.bonsai.film and click on Book Us to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.